It's Thursday. You know what that means. Welcome in the highly disputed here on WSHC Shepherdstown, the voice of Shepherd University. My name is Dylan Bishop, and with me, as always, is Ryan Stickle. How's it going, Ryan? I don't know. <laughs> what, what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, you, you always have such. You always have I, an answer for this. I always have an answer, but I don't have one this week. I don't know. All right, sports. So it's uh, March 31st, 2022. We are in the closing home stretch of the NBA season. We are firmly into the NFL offseason. The frenzy has come and passed, uh, which is what we talked about for most of last week. We're now at the point where news trickles out every day or so you know every couple days something interesting happens like today Bobby Wagner signed with the Los Angeles Rams over the Baltimore Ravens which I'll just throw my take out there I don't mind the Ravens not ending up with him the big contract he got Mm -hmm. five for 50 uh, it was uh, it was was, um 50 million over five. five, so he's making ten million a year, basically. Yeah, with a chance to make sixty-five. But again, NFL contracts, the way they work, a lot of that guarantee is in the first two years. So yes, they, it's probably more of like a two for twenty something, you know, something like that. And, and knowing the Rams, it probably hope his cap hit will be um, negative five dollars because they yes. just have broken the system. Yeah, this year Bobby Wagner will be paying the Rams to play there <laughs> somehow. I think, I think Odell pretty much did that, right? I mean, yeah, when it came to his Bitcoin, didn't uh, he make like nothing? observations? Uh, I think, what was it? I think it was Darren Rovell posted this like right before the Super Bowl in the two weeks between. He said, or somewhere in the playoffs, that where with his investments in Bitcoin or in NFTs, I think it was, uh, he said he wanted most of his contract in Bitcoin. I think that's what it was. And the way that Bitcoin dropped after he agreed to that, he ended up making like $150,000 to play for the Rams. Wow. Well, got a ring at least, so. Yep. So we should also mention in the studio with us, we will get him officially on the record as being in the studio with us. <laughs> Shepard Snyder joins us once again, friend of the show. <laughs> he is here in the studio. His mic, <laughs> his mic is uh, not near him. It's turned off, um, but he's here. Live studio audience. There you go. I just wanted to say hi, so I'll get the Spotify credit. There you go. Featuring <laughs> Shepard Snyder. There he is. <laughs> you got to get the Spotify credit. I do. All right. It is fun, I you know, just being able to type my name on Spotify, and this is just the only thing that comes up. Like, my, my yeah. Spotify profile doesn't come up, but this show does. So. <laughs> I haven't even thought about that. <laughs> I, I guess there was a show that was featuring Ryan Stickle in the type because you called in. That's true. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess I do. I don't know if the description maybe adds to it or not. I'm not really um, sure how that works. It's like really weird. Spotify search is kind of weird sometimes. It is. But I, when I tell people about this show and they want to find it, I go, well, the easiest way to find it it's highly disputed, but if you want to type find my it pretty name easily, in. you can type my name into Spotify, and it'll probably show up for you. Dang, I got to miss a show and call call in so I can have a show that's featuring me. <laughs> this episode is just Dylan Bishop. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> there was one that it was just like four minutes of just me when you were out with the uh, uh, vaccine flu, I guess you could call it. Ah. When I, I came in here, I came in here for f- maybe four minutes uh, at about eight thirty. Interrupted a Travis Scott song, came in and gave, <laughs> I gave an update on our March Madness picks, and then I turned it back off because I didn't feel like doing an entire show by myself. Man, it's been a year then. Yep. Wow. It's been about about that. So, something we were talking about uh, about a year ago around this time was the end of the NBA. 
regular season. <laughs> well, 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 okay, that was two years ago. Excuse me. The end of the NBA. <laughs> the end of the NBA was two years ago. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, last year was the the end of the NBA regular season, and going into the beginning of the playoffs, we haven't really gotten a chance over this season to really do a deep dive on the NBA. <laughs> the it whole was season. It's mostly been like during football season. We mostly talked about football. Maybe we took a couple minutes here to check in on the standings, and you, you know, made some mention of the Knicks and what they were up to. Mm-hmm. And then during the spring here, it's been a lot of college basketball with the Shepherd teams, and it's been you know NFL off season. It's been other stuff here and there. Uh, our Christmas special where <laughs> we just talked about anything but sports. It was just cr- movies and food, pretty much. Yep. That was about what we had our uh, fast food episode that we did, which also featured NFL offseason talk. So we can finally get ourselves a chance to really dive into what's going on in the NBA, which it's a timely fashion because there are about six games left in the regular season for every team. So it's, it's getting, getting down to the you know, we got about 90 percent of the way into the season and we're, we're finally going to talk about it. So, well, the real season starts now. NBA, Basically, this yes. has been a pretty interesting regular season. It, it has. hasn't been clear cut because I mean, for we had a good five years, that, not even five years, a good decade where it was like the team. There are LeBron, two teams. The team LeBron was on, so it was going to be okay. The Heat are going to make it there. Maybe the Pacers, the Bulls will give them some trouble. Um, LeBron went to the Cavs, and it was well, the Cavs they aren't the best team really, but they have LeBron and he's going to turn it on in the playoffs. And on the other side, it was like okay, the Warriors were good for probably about five years before that is. Yeah. Spurs pretty much like it was pretty stagnant in the NBA it had that weird Warriors Raptors thing but that was injury yeah. riddled and but this year has been like a real season with ups and downs and storylines it's it's <laughs> it's pretty rare from the NBA it is actually yeah, and last year I mean there was really no clear-cut favorite for who was going to go to the finals really in either conference when we ended up with you know the Suns were the two seed I believe the one seed last year was Utah in the West, and they ended up getting... Uh, yeah, but I mean, who's taking that seriously? Exactly. They got bumped in the second round by the Kawhi-less uh, Clippers, and then the conference finals was Clippers and Suns. Everyone still thought that the Lakers had a chance because LeBron was injured for a good bit of the year. They ended up the seven seed, and they got bounced by the Suns round one. Yes. Because in Anthony a series, da- they were favored to win because people did not believe in the Suns no, still. Well, Anthony Davis got hurt in like game four of that, and then game five he didn't play, and they just got routed. So, And then the Suns went on. And they went to the finals, and the Bucks. I think the Bucks, you could say, were they weren't the favorite. The favorite was actually the Nets because that's when they had gotten James Harden, and everyone just kind of assumed, well, as long as they're healthy, this big three is gonna just <laughs> well, well, <laughs> as long as they're a, healthy. Yep, I, that was a big that, if. It's a correct take. It was a big <laughs> if. Yes, as long as that big three is all together, the Nets are heavy favorites to win the finals. And guess what? Whoops! Game one against the Bucks. In the second round, James Harden gets hurt, and oops, they're done. Yeah, that goes the seven games. KD, his foot on the, his, his foot was too big. His big clown feet on the line made it. Uh, wear like size eighteen. Some yeah, something like that. Something crazy like. If you that. ever hold a shoe that's that big? You can hold like a it's size ridiculous. fourteen or fifteen. You're like this is a pretty big shoe here. You, you get, get up to, to like eighteen plus. Like mm, I held a size seven footer size. I think I it was like an eighteen or nineteen size shoe we got into the store one time and I was like, wow, this is interesting. And I took it out and I was like, how's this 
how is this real? With yeah. my shoe on my foot, I could fit my foot into that shoe. I could, it was like um, Russian nesting dolls for shoes. Yeah. So anyway, are we on the air? I think we are. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I hear the I hear the emergency broadcast system in the background, but I, looking over here, I see that the podcast is recording at least. Yeah, if you're listening live on the radio. I don't know if you're with us or not. Please stay safe. Yes, <laughs> stay frosty. But anyway, so going into this year, so it was the Bucks obviously ended up winning the championship last year. They got past the Nets. Once they did that, they got to the conference finals against. Atlanta of all teams, yeah. who upset Philly with you know the Ben Simmons situation, and then Ben Simmons you know washed, coward, couldn't shoot, uh, and ends up sitting we, out. Gets we haven't traded. seen him since. We literally have not seen him on the court since, and we I don't we, think we're going to. We barely seen him on the sidelines. Since right. Then. I don't think he's going to play this year. Obviously, he's on the Nets now, and so I think that's where you, where we can start. The Nets are currently the eight seed. Let's let's start our. Uh, look at the NBA with the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, let's uh, let's do that. So the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie is now able to play in all games outside of Toronto mm-hmm. at the very least, which it doesn't look like that's going to be an issue uh, for the Nets. At least it shouldn't end up being one. Maybe down the road we could get a Nets Raptors. As it stands right now, it would take a Nets Raptors Conference Finals, a six seed versus eight seed, for that to happen. But anyway. Outside of that, Kyrie's now able to play in Brooklyn. He's able to play everywhere else. So, but the Nets' defense is terrible. And as it stands right now, they would have to play in the play-in tournament. As it stands right now, the nine seeds the Hornets, which I think they can pretty easily, especially a game in Brooklyn, yeah. take down the Hornets to – or excuse me, that's not how that works. It's seven versus eight. Nine versus ten. Oh, that's right. And then so it actually um, would be them playing in Cleveland. Nine ten winner has to win multiple games, whereas yes, I think the, seven eight you win your first game. The winner of the seven eight game becomes the seven seed. The loser of that game faces the winner of nine versus ten to be for gotcha. a chance to for okay. the opportunity to become the eight seed, which I think is a pretty good system. I like it. All things considered, I don't I don't hate it at all. Yep. So Not, I don't. I I wish we didn't have the system. I think with a full season's worth, eighty-two games, we can pretty much figure the top eight are the best eight. Yeah. Um, but you know the bubble. You know we had a shortened season. We had to do some playing games. I liked it then, but um, they realized, hey, we could sell like three, four extra playoff games to these yep. networks. Um, I think money. it's three extra games. Yeah. Money. So. Yes. <laughs> Money. Yes. All, I mean, there's really nothing beyond that. I mean, there's nothing about that's what, competitiveness that's... and and maybe you can throw it's less teams trying to tank because if you're the 10 or 11, you still have a shot. But at the end of the day, it's money because they can sell the TV rights to the playoff games. That's how the uh, graphic organizer there works. Your, uh, your branches to decide what to do when a sports league comes up with a proposal. They put it up on the board and it says money. <laughs> yes, with money with a question mark. And if the answer is yes, you do it. If the answer is no, then it goes from there. Well, plot twist. The answer is always yes. Yes. <laughs> I think I think both um, pr- <laughs> path, pathways from that <laughs> question are both just yes <laughs> in different forms. The squid, I mean, it's just, can we make money off of this? Yes, then we do it. <laughs> there it is. So that's just how the world, that's how the world works. Anyway, um, so as it stands... The Nets are still 
I don't know if they're... Let me check this real quick. They might still be the betting odds favorites to win the East. If not, they're second behind the Bucks. Well, the thing with the Nets is if they can, you know, get through the play-in, which I think they can, assuming, you know, again, assuming they're healthy, which they should be. They're on, you know, it's only a few games away. Uh, they get through that. If you, You're going to have a tough first round against, you know, the Heat, the Bucks, maybe the Sixers or the Celtics. There's still only two games separating mm-hmm. all those teams. Um, if you can get through that, each of your matchups, for the most part, going to get easier and easier as you move along winning as that lower seed in the first round um but also let's say they are the a seed when was the last time an eighth seed won more than one series won won a series they barely ever win a series yeah very rare now if they win if they were to win the play-in they uh first play-in game they would be the seventh seed which still is not mm, the history is not any better really yeah so it's 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 definitely going to be different i will say the betting odds interestingly enough they are second in betting odds to win the championship. They are also second in betting odds to win the East, behind the Bucks. <laughs> so the Bucks are the the Bucks are the favorite. the Bucks the Bucks are the fi- no the Suns are the odds-on favorite to win the NBA Finals. And then it's the Nets at plus five fifty. Then it's the Bucks at six hundred. Interesting. And when you go to the Eastern Conference, it's the Bucks plus two eighty. And the Nets plus three hundred, which I don't understand. I don't that understand. Doesn't make sense to me. I don't. I don't know. So one is one is <laughs> as our audience uh, leaves us here. So We're really boring them. <laughs> worst show we've ever done. See ya. <laughs> See ya. Um, so yeah, that that makes no. And that's the same sports book. Yes. Those that makes absolutely no sense to me. I have no At idea. All. I I'm sure if you gave me a a little bit of time, I could come up with the reasoning to how that could make sense. But I'm I'm not enough time to come so they to are, it. I feel like you're the favorite to win the title. Yes, but you are not the favorite to win the conference. The conference. It makes zero sense to me. Yes, the uh, it has to the be Nets like, have better odds to win the championship than the Bucks, and the Bucks have better odds to win the East than the Nets. I don't understand. But they're very close both ways. I will say that they're very close both ways. I don't under. You know what it probably that, that, is? Yeah, I'm gonna guess that it's more people bet on who wins the finals than who wins the conference, that and that's sense. and more people are betting on the Nets, and it's pushing their odds up. That makes sense. So, but also on the other hand, I get that you update. You know, the odds for each one. It is their own mm-hmm. bet. Um, but at the end of the day, they have to kind of coincide. You have to update those numbers together in some way but i guess that does make sense um and you know maybe if one is updating more than the other for whatever reason if they're updating the odds on one and you know getting more money for you know the bucks in one category but not the other it's it's all gonna again it's gonna come down to money and whatever setup there is for them to make more money off of it interestingly enough the eastern conference uh betting odds on on the site here i'm gonna go in order from the betting odds favorite, so starting with the Bucks, and go down with the top five. And I'm going to list them by what seed they currently are in the Eastern Conference by record. Okay. So the Bucks are the favorite and they're the two seed. Yeah. Then it goes eight seed, three seed, four seed, one seed. <laughs> the one seed Miami Heat are the fifth overall favorite to win the conference. I That's not... 
totally surprising to me. Yes. Um, that's a team where uh, when you get into the playoffs, it does kind of become harder to play team ball in those close games. Yes. You kind of need that guy. And Which, it's interesting. Jimmy, that, I mean, Jimmy Butler is not going to be that guy over the course of a series. Tyler Hero is not going to be that guy over the course of a series. Even Bam, offensively, is yeah, not going to be it's, that. Well, it's interesting we say that because in the bubble, Jimmy Butler came up big. Kyle Lowry has a ring as one of the better players on a championship team. And Bam has shown that he's been good in the playoffs. The I mean, Tyler Harrow had a really bad, really bad bubble and uh, playoffs since then. Uh, the, the Heat just do seem like one of those teams where they can rack up wins in the regular season, but when it comes down to the playoffs, they don't have that top-tier guy that can take over a game. Jimmy Butler is just not really that guy, even though he kind of became that guy somewhat in the bubble. He's Yeah, he's somebody who can, but it's not like on any given night. Is right. he capable? Yeah, sure. He's he capable. can do it every once in a while. Tyler he can do Hero it could come out and go six of seven from three that and too. put up put up thirty points and eight assists and five rebounds and lead you to a win on the road. But is he like the the Giannis mm-hmm. or the the LeBron type guy, the KD, who's like he's pretty much going to do that every night for us in the playoffs? Yeah, he's he's just not. So it makes sense. Um, the Heat have been really good this year, but um, you just. Teams who have the guy because they don't have a guy. The Bucks have Giannis. Philly has Embiid. So, Boston has Tatum. So yeah, the way the way that I was going to go about this was talking about last year. There really wasn't a clear cut favorite in either conference. I would say this year there's kind of a clear cut favorite in each conference, and it's the teams that got to the finals last year. We'll get to the West in a minute. I think the West is the Suns to lose. We'll get to that. Though. Absolutely. So in the East, though. There are, I'm going to say, I'm going to say five real contenders, but one that obviously stands above the rest, a second that is a kind of a, you know, wild card, the Nets, and then three that are iffy. So I think the Bucks, to me, are definitely the favorite to get there because they've done it, but they just did it last year. Yep. Giannis, they are they're healthy at the right time. They're clicking at the right time. They just beat the 76ers on Tuesday, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And tonight they play the Nets, so that's going to be interesting. Uh in Brooklyn, I believe. I they, think And these are I mean for both these teams. I mean, I know we're getting down to the end of it and they're both pretty pretty good in playoff position. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you, you look at the the Nets here and they're eight and a half games out of first place in the East. The down at ten, the Hawks. They're only nine and a half out. So yeah. you, I mean, you're not going to fall out of it because the Knicks are the next one at fifteen games out. But I mean, you lose and the Hawks win, you could be dropping down to ten. Yeah, a, I mean, they're only half game ahead of the Hornets for to be the eighth right now. So they could fall into that uh, uh, territory where you have to yeah. win two straight play-in games to get in the playoffs. And so it's on, not out of the question that they could just miss the playoffs. It's still possible. They are in the play-in. Yeah. If they lose, they could be, the, the season could end right now, and they lose their next two games to the Cavs and then either Hornets or Hawks, and they're out. Absolutely. And these teams, I mean, let's say the Cavs at the seven spot, are they're six and a half games out right now, and let's say a couple games from now they lock in and they play the Nets, 
they're still going to really want to beat the Nets there to knock yeah. them so they wouldn't have to play them. I mean, it's right. everyone is going to be really going hard at the Nets right now to get them as low as possible to get them out of the playoffs because yeah. nobody wants to see that. Yeah, no one wants to play Katie and Kyrie. You want to try to get them out of there. You just don't – obviously they have their defensive deficiencies – uh, I think I've seen that. And this that, that was the knock on them going into last year, where it's like, okay, you have this new super team. Who are they going? How are they going to play defense? Yeah, and now they don't even have James Harden. They traded for a defensive superstar, but he's hurt and doesn't look like he's going to play. Even if he came back tomorrow, he is first off. He hasn't played basketball in a year. Yep. he's not going to come and play 35, 40 minutes for you. Just no. not going to. Even if you I, ramp him up gradually, I would not pick the. Nets to win the East with Ben Simmons. If you told me Ben Simmons is going to be ready for the playoffs, doesn't change my pick. No. And then on the other hand, you look at the top of the Might East. Might change how many series I think they win. That's true. Look at the top of the East and one through four. Right now it's Miami, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Boston, all separated by two games at the moment. And that's one where do you want to be the one seed? Obviously home court is a big deal. Um, it's yep. going to be really important in these playoffs, especially when everybody's so good. Um, but again, it's it's where's Brooklyn going to end up? Because if Brooklyn ends up playing the one seed, you really just don't want right. to be the one seed in this playoffs. You'd rather trade off to be the two and take I, your chances. If I were if I were taking the chance, I would say uh, I bet on the Nets getting into the seven eight game and winning it so that they're the seven seed. And I want the one. That's okay. what I would say. But as so, let's look at those top four teams. The Heat are in first place right now, one game ahead of the Bucks. So this could change. For sure, the, the Bucks. The, the Bucks had a bit are, of a, the Heat have had a bit of a slide lately. Yes, I mean, and the Bucks five are and five in their last ten, but they had a, like a four-game losing streak. I think like they they've been in rough shape. So the Bucks are only a game behind because they've played two less games. They have they are this even in the loss column. Mm-hmm. So if the Bucks were to win out and the Heat were to win out, they would have the same record. So. I don't know who wins the tiebreaker there. But as it stands right now, if the Bucks were to just win their next two games before the Heat played another game, they'd be tied instead of Miami being a game ahead. And then, then it comes to the Sixers yep. and the the Sixers and the Celtics are currently tied for three and at, at three and four. So I want to go into the, the Sixers s- are one loss back in the loss column there, and then the Celtics yeah. are a, a true two games back in the loss yes. column. So here's here's what I want to look at here. There's each of these teams. I would say, I would say, outside of the Bucks, all these teams have at least one pretty glaring issue right now. I think that's why I'd say the Bucks are the favorite because the Bucks, obviously, we just said they've been through this. They just won the East. They just won the Finals last year. Yep. When it comes to the Heat, they, I mean, we we said they don't have that true superstar, and we just saw. I want to say it might have been Philly that went at them where. In the fourth quarter of that game against Philly, and this is going to happen way more in the playoffs, mm-hmm. matchup hunting, people they were switching on to Tyler Harrow. They were getting Tyler Harrow on the ball handler, and they were just attacking him over and over and over. And that is going to be a problem. The Heat just have too many guys out there that you can attack, like Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson, uh Max Strauss. Max Struess. Struess, yes. And they do Struess. play hard team defense, but you can only... Again, you can only do that so yes. so Bam, hard for so long. Bam is a really good defender. Kyle Lowry's really smart, good defender. He's a little not, you know, he's good for losing size. a step. Yeah, he Jimmy can, Butler, of course. Hey, listen, switching on to Kyle Lowry in the post is not a mismatch. Kyle Lowry can take you as someone on in the post. Uh, Jimmy Butler's a good defender. 
you know, there's been issues with him in the past not guarding Giannis in big moments. But, yeah. Uh, there is that. When it comes to the to the Celtics, they've been the hottest team, and the, they've looked like the one team that could take on and challenge the Bucks in a seven game series. But now Robert Williams just tore his meniscus, yep, and he's going to be out four to six weeks, which means that if you get him back, it's probably not until the conference finals. And as it stands right now, so as it stands that's, right that's, now, that's another one where it's it's they are they've been so predicated on just being great at defense, like yep. their offense is and like, Jason Tatum. Their offense has been top five since uh, I think like the new year, pretty much. Um, but what they've really been doing is playing incredible defense against these teams. Um, so their point, as great as their offense has been, it's been the defense. Their point differential has been so wide um, compared to these other teams that the offense's numbers. You know they're going to be there, but really it's been the defense and Time Lord. They're at the center of it. Um, is not going to be there, and that's going to change a lot. I'm, you know, I'm, they're going to still be a really they're good defensive team, right? They still have Al Horford. They still have Daniel Tice. In this East, you you need all those pieces when you're going up against a, a guy like Giannis, or you're, you might end up facing KD down the line. You, you just never know. And I think another problem, both for the Heat and the Celtics, and it's less of a problem for the Celtics because Tatum is is great. You go up against all these other contenders we've mentioned, and you just you don't have the best player in the series. Yeah, like if you're the Heat, right? You face Milwaukee, better player than anybody on your team. Embiid is better than anybody on your team. Tatum, you take Tatum over anybody on the Heat. Absolutely. You take KD and Kyrie over anybody on the Heat. Absolutely. And even in Chicago, I'm I think I'm gonna take DeRozan. At, I mean, DeRozan's been great. I'm gonna take yeah. him over anybody on the Heat as well. Yeah. So this year, you it's hard to do. Like I said, that team thing right. in the playoffs, you so need that guy. Here's so here here's a th- yeah the Celtics margin for uh, error has just been it's it's really small. They've been clicking on all cylinders. It's just been like every piece has mattered. Uh, Jalen Brown has that number two guy, and Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum over the last half of the season has been. Uh, <sighs> How many players in the NBA have been better over the last half of the season than Jason Tatum? Man. Embiid, Giannis, Jokic. Jokic. I mean, who who else? I mean, KD when he's been KD when he's healthy. DeRozan's had good stretches. DeRozan the second half of the year's fallen off a little bit. And that's he's had a lot of scoring. I don't know if he's just I don't know if I'd call him just great all around everything. And even that, that's been streaky. It hasn't just been like every night dominance. Yeah. I think you could argue that Jason Tatum has been a top five player in the NBA for the half the last half of the season. He's just been unstoppable scoring the ball. And he plays good defense. Jalen Brown is a very good guy to have as your number two scorer. Marcus Smart out on the perimeter. Robert Williams down low. They have Al Horford. It's just been they, Derek White, uh, which they traded for at the deadline from the Spurs, has been that kind of like guy to piece it all together, another like secondary ball handler, shooter, scorer kind of thing. It's just they just kinda had all the pieces were meshing together, but then the Robert Williams injury comes along. I think I don't think they can beat the Bucks without Robert Williams. With them they have a chance. <laughs> Even with them, ah with them that's tough. I would say with him they have a chance. I don't think they have a chance without him. So but then here's the thing. As it stands right now they're the four seed, and the Heat are the one, the Bucks are the two, which means you wouldn't play the Bucks until the conference finals, yeah. which is about the timeline of when you could potentially get him back. Can they beat the... The thing is, 
I think they can beat the Heat without him. Yeah. I think they can beat the Bulls without him in the first round if they need to. Because that's the thing is you're not losing Tatum or Jalen Brown. Right. The points are going to be there. You they, have your – you can go out and dominate. You can you can win 120 to, to 118 if it comes down to that. The tricky thing would be can they beat the Sixers without him with, with, with Horford and Tice guarding Embiid? I don't know. But as, as the standings currently shake out, they would play the Bulls, then the Heat, then the Bucks. Which and if you get him back in the conference finals for the Bucks series, then you have it that that's the series that's the conference finals I want to see is Robert Williams gets back by the time the conference finals start and it's Celtics Bucks Bucks. Big green matchup. It it would be different shade <laughs> different shades of it. But I, that would be very interesting to me, Giannis and Jason Tatum, because Tatum, Tatum and Brown, that Celtics team has been to the conference finals before. It was against the Cavaliers. They were two in a row, I believe, against the uh, against the Cavaliers. I think so. I think because it was the year. It was when they got Gordon Hayward. One of them was when they still had Kyrie. Kyrie got hurt. Yes, and they were better. Yes, they, that's. <laughs> it was Kyrie got hurt, and I believe Gordon Hayward might have also been hurt. I think they were. Both I think that. Was, I think that might have been the year Hayward was just out. Because it was like it was like oh these guys are out here winning without their two best players which yeah. it turns out maybe at Turn, this point yeah I mean Kyrie is, is Kyrie but yeah you know, but Gordon now, Hayward and now the team they had out there is obvious it's like oh Tatum and Brown are the two best players that's when they had Terry Rozier out there and guys scary like that. Terry scary Terry who's uh, doing he's still doing pretty well in uh, Charlotte for he himself just, he's not in a market no he's just not on a super relevant team and he's got another superstar playing the same position basically yeah. but anyway. Uh, that's the series I want to see. I think the Heat's problems with defense out on the perimeter is going to be a little too much. I think the Celtics, the Heat and the Sixers both are going to be able to beat the Celtics without Williams. I would still lean towards the Celtics. So that's the yeah. thing. And then when it comes well, with the with the Sixers, Embiid's going to go out there and, you know, you throw whatever you have at him. Right. What is James Harden going to do in the playoffs? That's the thing. If he historically, that, well, we, uh, if he's, if he's, what is James Harden has been historically in the playoffs? You need to to stop Embiid, and that's pretty much the series. So because without with those two both going outside of them, it's you know you got some players here and there, but like what do you? So that's <laughs> what I was going to say. The issue the mentioned that all the teams outside of the Bucks have kind of one glaring issue. The issue with the sell with the Sixers is. We we thought we saw what, how James Harden was playing in Brooklyn. It wasn't very well. He wasn't dialed in. He's gotten to the Sixers and hasn't really been too much better outside of those like first two games against the Knicks. Against the one of them they was against two the games. Knicks, and one of them was against the Timberwolves. That's the thing is everyone's trashing the Knicks. They're so bad this year, right? <laughs> but all of a sudden, James Harden has two good games against them, and James Harden and Embiid are the best duo since Shaq and Kobe. Yeah. Like people were there were people who said that. That game <laughs> that's had a, not a joke. That first, that yes. That that game that's what was it the second game with the, the two of them were together the most free throws I've ever seen. It was I absurd. think it might it might have set a record. Yeah, I think I wouldn't have been surprised. Both teams were shooting an absurd Just amount of free throws. The worst form of basketball in the entire world. Right. Um, anyway, yeah. and th- and that's part part of the reason Harden struggles. First off, he can't hit the broadside of a barn in the playoffs for whatever reason. But also as much as the NBA probably would not admit it, and this is basketball, this is postseason officiating in every sport, the little touch fouls here and there, they just kind of let them go. 
It's a more physical also, brain of basketball. They changed the rules in general. They're not ha- those calls haven't been getting had in the regular season this year either. He's been getting blocked more. There's a big emphasis early in the year. There's some stuff now and then, yeah. some tic tacs they're getting so, back to out, out of habit, I think. But it's you know it's going to be a little different. So here's a statistic that I believe I heard on the low post the other day, Zach Lowe. It, there's something like 130 NBA players that have shot, I want to say 100 shots at the rim this year within three feet. There are th- three players out of that 132 that are shooting under 50% at the rim. Mm. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Cole Anthony, and James Harden. Oh, man. It's it's rough out here. And that's the thing is he used to finish through the contact and, and make the bucket and yep. get the foul on top uh-huh. of it. And now, James Harden, you've been in the league a little bit. Maybe we're, maybe we're not quite as strong here around the rim as we used to be. Because, man, he used to go in, and sometimes it, it, you know, it usually gets called, but sometimes yeah. it wouldn't get called. And he'd finish through contact. It'd be like, wow, like he, he laid it in like there was nobody there, but he got slapped across the chest. Yeah, part, <laughs> part of a, an underrated part of James Harden's game with the Rockets it's just how durable he was. Yeah. He would play 80 games every year. He would just wouldn't miss games. And he would be putting up that 30 and 10 a night for pretty much every game. He wouldn't miss games. It was like Jokic. Jokic doesn't miss games. Harden wasn't missing games. And now, since he went since he went to Brooklyn, had an injury here, an injury there. All it takes is one. Yep. Especially like, but and he's starting hamstring and nagging this yeah, and that. Yeah, like, something like that. That type of stuff just doesn't go away once you get it. Especially and it was kind of like like LeBron. LeBron the last year or two. LeBron was incredibly durable. He never missed a game for 15 anything. Fifteen years. Fifteen years. LeBron was durable, and now here in the last couple of years with the with the Lakers, he gets hurt with twenty games left in the year. He's out for the rest of the year. They don't make they don't make the playoffs. Last year, he gets hurt. They miss a lot of games. It drops into the seventh seed. They draw the Suns, and they're out. Yeah. This year, he missed some games. They might miss the play- what's a- even this can, with, this even be- with LeBron this year. It hasn't been pretty. This is how we can transition to the Western Conference because we, I think, like I said, both we can both agree that the the Bucks are the favorite. We can give a passing mention before we move on to the West and how the Lakers might miss the playoffs. The Bulls have fallen off a little bit. Part of it was they were they weren't healthy. Lonzo Ball missed a lot of the year. Alex Caruso missed a lot of the year. Uh, and those guys were important pieces. Like they were playing really good defense, both of them. Alex Caruso might have made an All NBA defense team if he were played the entire year. They had guys step up like Ayo Desumu. But once Demar Derozan went from playing like an MVP to just playing like an All Star again. It hasn't been quite the same. They dropped from like the one seed, the two seeds, and now they are looking like they're tied for the five seed with the Raptors. The Raptors can move their way up to the five. The Raptors are, are playing better than the Bulls are yes. um, at the moment. And the thing with the Bulls, even when they were winning, they haven't beaten good teams like at all. No. They've been terrible against the top part of the East and West. Um, so, you know, good for them beating up on all the bad teams. They They have moved up in the world. They've been terrible for a few years now they've had flashes but um when it comes down to it you got to beat 
the the bucks of the world and the DeRozan Celtics and, and Levine's probably just not still not going to get it done. Nikola Vucevic has not really panned out in the way that they've wanted him to when they gave up two first round picks and uh, Wendell Carter Jr. for him, which Wendell Carter Jr. went to Orlando has been playing really well for them. Yeah, uh, but they, it just they, hasn't. They, if you in hindsight, you probably just don't make that trade. You keep those assets. Maybe you make a different trade for you know, with those picks and that in Carter. I guess yeah. The Bulls maybe a year away from something special. We'll see how the off season goes for them. Right. Um. And maybe they'll hit the playoffs and just be like the greatest team we've ever seen. Yeah. Usually it's just top, They are just doesn't they, really happen like that in the NBA usually. But they're just not up to par with these other four or five teams. Neither are really the Raptors. The Raptors just don't really have that star guy anymore after the after the Kawhi trade and Kawhi leaving to go to L.A. They have a real a lot of really good players on that team. Yes, a lot. I would say they, you know, Scotty Barnes, who a rookie, you know, top three or four rookie of the year candidate. He uh, he was very questioned with that number four overall pick. It was like, oh, why didn't you? You know, everyone kind of assumed they would take Jalen Suggs, who was man, did they make the right decision so far after one year. Because Scotty Barnes has looked like he's going to be an all-star. Jalen Suggs looks like he could be out of the league in five years. Mm. Like, after one year, it's been rough. So he's really good. Siakam is still good. Uh, they kind of run, like, everyone on that team is just, like, six eight somehow. Uh, or except for, like, you know, for, they got Fred Van Vliet. Gary Trent Jr. has been a good scorer. He's, you know, up you know, 18 points a game or whatever he's done. He's been really good. They've really – you see a lot of these teams, like, they, they won the finals with Kawhi, and as soon as that superstar leaves, the rest of it just crumbles. They've really just kind of kept everybody together and I, are still a very solid team. That's, I mean, Nick Nurse is a great coach. Yeah. Masai Ujiri is a great GM. They just – they have still have a really good team. OG Anunobi, Presley mm-hmm. Sachua, Chris Boucher – in an uh, East that's gotten a lot of better around them, they're still hanging right there in the middle of the pack. I mean, it's, yeah, with I, the I, ro- I would have thought I don't know that they're going to win a playoff series, but they could certainly. I would have thought they would have missed the playoffs. They yes, <laughs> they could certainly the take. Year. They could certainly take a, a game or two maybe from somebody and give them a little scare. Yeah. But um, I'll give credit to them if they can make a big move in free agency. I mean, they're right there again. Yeah, and speaking of teams that we probably would have figured missed the playoffs, the Cavaliers are hanging in there. The Cavs were the 4 or 5 seed at one point. They are kind of starting to slip off now. They're kind of uh, walking backwards into the playoffs. They're at the 7th seed. Uh, Darius Garland was an all-star this year. Jared Allen, I believe, ended up as an all-star as an alternate. Now, he was a snub, I would say, in the original yeah. voting. He should have made it. He was there. Ev- he had a great time. Evan Mobley maybe is rookie of the year. Cade Cunningham's come along late in the season to give him a challenge for that. But Evan Mobley is probably the favorite to win uh, rookie of the year. He's just been really good, especially on defense. He's been fantastic. Uh, and they just Darius Garland looks like he's going to be a star on the level of Trey Young right now. Yeah. And but again, one another one of those teams where it's just probably not enough. You run it. You run into the Bucks. You run into the Sixers. You run into the Celtics or the Heat. We had this. It's we not, had this group of teams in the East this year that improved, but obviously are not contenders. Because um, we went on and on about how deep the East was, and it's. I mean, the Nets for all their struggles are down at eight right now. So yeah, that, I mean, that, it's that, completely shifted. The West was the deep league. Now the West stinks. That's smart, why we've yeah. spent. 
30, 40 minutes on the east. <laughs> it's just so much better. Yes. And at the end of the day, the best team might still be coming out of the west here. <laughs> okay. This is surprising to me. Oh, my. Who would you, if you had to guess, who is the betting odds favorite for defensive player of the year? Oh, man. They always throw I that. will give you three guesses if you do not get it in less than that. And I will <laughs> tell you where they are ranked if you get lower than so that. So for defensive player of the year. The favorite. The favorite. Oh, man. Um, they always want to vote for Rudy Gobert for whatever reason. Is, number, is guest number one Rudy Gobert? I'll throw him in there. He's fourth. Ah, man. Outside of him, man. I can't think in so, my head who has been like a great defensive player. So I, mean, I would I guess have thought maybe, maybe Robert Williams. Robert Williams is not in the top wow. six. My guess would have been Giannis. Robert Williams actually seventh. Okay, at plus three thousand though. I thought maybe the the narrative of of the Celtics defense and him just being at the anchor of it would get him up there. So my guess would have been Giannis. Okay, Giannis is fifth at plus fourteen hundred. Hmm. I will I will give you I will give you the top I will give you two through five five is five is a tie between Giannis and Jaron Jackson Jr. Four is Rudy Gobert at plus five hundred. Mikhail Bridges is third at plus three ninety, and Bam Adebayo is plus two seventy at number two. Number one, I can tell you just don't have any guesses left in you. Just I mean it can't be it can't be Jokic, can it? It's not him. It's not Jokic. At plus one thirty five. On FanDuel, the betting odds favorite for Defensive Player of the Year is Marcus Smart. Oh, man. See, I was going to guess him. I would never guess him for number one. Marcus, that was what I did with here's Robert the, Williams, where I'm like, who's who's a good defensive player on the Celtics? Here's the, here's the thing. But Marcus Smart's not winning Defensive Player of the Year. Are you kidding me? No. They're, they're the sw- media is not voting for Marcus Smart. <laughs> they're swindling people. He, he'll get first-team all-defense, sure. It's They're going to vote for... Gian- Giannis or Bam or, or or Gobert. It's gonna be a name. Yeah, not that Marcus. People know Marcus, Marcus Smart, Smart, but it's the, the, the Celtics are too much of a team defense kind of team That's for them true. to single out a guy like Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart might be the best perimeter defender in the NBA, but he's not gonna he he wouldn't be undeserving. Put it like that. I guess. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, you know who they v- normally vote for for those type of things. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, the Western Conference, the reason that, I mean, we didn't do this on purpose. It's just that this is going to be less interesting to talk about. The Suns are the best team in the NBA. They have 62 wins. The closest to them is the Grizzlies at 54. And then it's the number number one seed in the, in the East, the Heat at 49. The Suns... So here's where it stands. You have the Suns, then the Grizzlies are pretty are the obvious two seed. They're almost locked into it. I think they could lose out, and the Mavericks or Warriors could win out, and they could there'd be a tiebreaker there. But it's six games with like six games left. Or actually, the, no, the Grizzlies have five games left. Never mind. So they should be locked in. Mm-hmm. Just win one game, and you're pretty much good. Yeah. So I think they're just locked in at the two. Tied for three and four at three and four right now is the Mavericks and the Warriors. Steph Curry got hurt, and the Warriors have not looked quite the same. It looked like the they West were very good. The West with a healthy Steph Curry looked like it was between the Suns and the Warriors. 
Now, if they they can get apparently, I think Steph will be back for the playoffs. I think his his optimistic. I, th- I remember when he around when he first got hurt uh, with his you know ankle injury or whatever it is. He said he wants to be back for the beginning of the playoffs. Uh, hard to say if that's the case right now. But as it stands right now, the Mavericks and the Warriors are three and four. The Nuggets are two games behind at five. Then a half game back of the Nuggets is the Jazz at six. Then your play-in would be the Timberwolves and Clippers at seven and eight, and the Pelicans and the Lakers at nine and ten, with the Spurs only a half game behind the Lakers to get into the play-in. The Lakers stink. They just do. The Lakers stink. <laughs> They're no, not they, good. They, are, they, they tra- are. Here's so LeBron's putting up one of his best scoring years of his career. He could one win of the scoring be- title. One of his better year outside of injury, obviously. One of his better years in terms of like counting stats yeah. of his career. And they're god awful. So it was not just that they you know, uh, you can put a lot of the blame on Russell Westbrook because he hasn't been very good. He's picking it up a little bit late in the year like he's done the last few years. Uh he still gets his, you know, his boards and his assists and whatnot. He's not a very good shooter, and he still likes to take a lot of shots. He's lost a, like half a step athletically, and that's kind of hurt him and thrown him off at the rim. Yeah. His field goal percentage inside is not very good. But here's the thing. They didn't just trade for Russell Westbrook. They traded away Kyle Kuzma. They traded away Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who were two very good contributors to them. We can make jokes about Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma was a pretty good three-point shooter, a little streaky. Yeah, and he was a good cutter. He was the one guy in. I remember the bubble series and the bubble year in particular. He was the one guy that could cut in the lane, and LeBron would hit him. He was the only guy that would cut in. And KCP was like on that bubble team that won the championship. KCP was probably the third best player on the Lakers. They let Alex Caruso go in free agency. Then they signed what was it? Did they have DeAndre Jordan? They no, did. No, was, they yeah. did for a little bit, and he terrible. And yeah. he's terrible with the Sixers now after they cut him. He's not good. Dwight Howard hasn't been good. Carmelo has put up some numbers for them. <laughs> Malik Monk has put Carmelo up some numbers. Carmelo was like kind of just out of the league for a little bit. Yeah. And he he came, the Blazers gave him a shot, and he had some good games. And now he's, I, would we call him the second best player on the Lakers right now in terms of contributions? <laughs> Anthony, that's the other thing. Anthony Davis has been hurt a bit. But LeBron's he's been hurt, been hurt a bit. Davis has been hurt so much, I couldn't call him the second best even, player. Even when Anthony Davis was playing, he was struggling. He's not playing like your typical Anthony Davis. The best we saw of AD was in the bubble, yep. and he was being AD, and he was shooting threes. The three-pointer hasn't been there this it year. Is, hasn't been, it wasn't there before, and it, it wasn't there after. Only in the not bubble really. could he shoot no. threes. He was... I think 10% better in the bubble, something like that. might have been more. But he, he straight up, he, he's not a shooter. Maybe a little, you know, mid-range, this and that. Yeah. Which any most big guys can do in the NBA these days. Uh, he just hasn't been that good uh, for what, no. he, what he should be. The whole thing was LeBron's aging, which, you know, I guess. <laughs> the, yeah. The injuries are the aging thing. The, his, when he's healthy, he is still as good as anybody. AD was supposed to come in and be an extremely good number two and at times carry the load for LeBron in old age while you you can pretty much put whoever you want around them yep. as long as they're half-decent NBA players. They can shoot, play defense. Shoot and yeah. play defense. 
everybody can just be three and D outside of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Space the floor, play hard defense, um, have any inkling of depth to save those guys' legs for the playoffs. And it has just been the complete opposite of that. AD's been hurt. When he's healthy, he's, you know, pretty good. Mm-hmm. But he's not like a game changer MVP good. Not as good as LeBron. No. Still. Um, and when he should be, maybe, you know, nobody's better than LeBron, but LeBron's in year 19. AD's in yep. year, what are we at here? 10. 10, 11. AD should, you know, on paper be pretty close to LeBron in terms of what AD's we thought. in his prime. He's what, like 28, 29. What we thought like AD that. should be. And he's not been that. No. They haven't kept a good young, good shooting core around them. They've brought in a bunch of, like, jokes of players, really. I mean. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Carmelo Anthony. They're, they're one Russell young. Westbrook. It's just a bunch of guys LeBron wants to play with. Yeah. And I get he has influence over the front office. But at the end of the day, you got to say, LeBron, do you want to win? Right? Yeah. Do you want to win? Because you're not going to win with these guys. You can talk to me all day about how Melo can give you, you know, 14 points a game and Westbrook can do this and that with the offense and Dwight Howard can still be a defensive force. But it's like you're not going to win. I mean, JaVale, yeah, they they don't have JaVale McGee anymore. Yeah. They don't have career. Those guys that helped them through the bubble for that championship. Outside of LeBron and AD, aren't there? Caruso, JaVale McGee, KCP, Kuzma—they're all gone, and, and they been- were not—they were replaced with significantly worse players. Yeah. So that's that's what happened. They sting. So teams that are good, the Suns. <laughs> Chris Paul is back from his injury. Hell, like uh, listen, Chris Paul finally healthy at the right time. Finally, maybe. It, for now, well, for now, <laughs> for now. Last, you know, last. Wait till, wait till, um, wait till game five say, of the first round. I say last playoffs, he got hurt and then got COVID back to back, and the, you know, by the time the finals came around, he was shooting with one hand and uh, just playing. It was, probably had bad endurance from COVID. I don't know if I've ever seen somebody play the way he played last playoffs, where a guy he was just out there with one hand playing basketball, yeah, dribbling, shooting everything, yeah, it was wild. So. I'd say still the West is the Suns to lose. The mm-hmm. teams that can challenge them. There's the Grizzlies. I don't really take the Grizzlies seriously as Weird a contender. The, they're what, 19-2 and two without Ja Morant? Because I think what it is is Ja is very heliocentric, and like the, t- the things revolve around him very much when he's in the game, ball yeah. handling-wise. Not a good shooter. He's yeah. not a good shooter. When, and when he's out of the game... Most of the Grizzlies around him are really good shooters. Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson. They're better defensively without him as well. Right. He's, that, not, he's, not, he's a great, not a good defender not a good either. Defender no. Any, and Desmond, all those guys, like Jaron Jackson, we just said, he's tied for Giannis in Defensive Player of the Year odds. He's been great. They've had a, they have a very well-constructed team. And that's one where, okay, you're good in the regular season without him. Playoff time comes around. Right. You need somebody to just go out there and put up 35 you need, points. You need the iso ball yep. in the playoffs. Yep. That's just how it, uh, teams start switching. So, that you, need, uh, you need a guy that can win in isolation. Jaws doesn't have the three-pointer. You can attack Jaw on defense. I don't take them seriously as a contender. And then, so, someone I do take them ser- seriously as a contender. The Warriors, when they're healthy, they're, it's interesting. If if Steph if if Steph Curry's in a similar situation to say Robert Williams, where he would only come back for the conference finals, as it stands right now, the second round would be Suns Warriors. 
Yeah. And I think that's what you would be your de facto conference finals. You would you would have thought, but listen, if he if if Steph is healthy, that's an interesting series. I would still pick the Suns because they j- Clay is not pre Achilles or torn ACL. Clay Thompson no. yet at least the Mavericks man. Luca is the real deal. The last two playoffs, the bubble and last year, if they didn't play the Clippers with Kawhi, they would have beaten just about any team. They took the Clippers to, what, seven games twice? I believe so. And it was only a fantastic game seven from Kawhi that got them past the Mavericks. Yeah, it's not like Luca hasn't been good enough. No. His numbers are insane. Since, everybody, everybody around him's kind of been letting him down. In since these games. they've traded Kristaps Porzingis and they got back Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, and they just it's it has opened up everything. Jason Kidd Man. has been coaching the team really well. Man, how about that? Get rid of Porzingis. Yeah, Get better. Right. Are weird. we gonna have a, are we gonna have another team win the Porzingis trade? <laughs> they might have already won it. <laughs> They might have. Like, uh, they lost the trade, but yeah. now they're, they are going and, to win the Porzingis yeah. trade. And then now. as it stands, the Nuggets, man, if the Nuggets can get back Jamal Murray and maybe Michael Porter Jr., I'm not counting on Michael Porter Jr., though, but if they can get back Murray at least, they are an interesting team. Again, not one that I would pick over the Suns, but they're interesting. And then down at the eight seed, but both conferences' eight seeds right now are very interesting because the Clippers just got Paul George back. And he looked good. And that team beat the number one seed in the West last year with Paul with this construction of Paul George and, you know, no Kawhi. Now, Paul George, for whatever reason, maybe it's because of he likes the ball in his he plays well with the ball in his hands. When he's been the number one option on a team, fantastic. That year, that what, last year or the second to last year in OKC, where he finished third in MVP. That was when kind of Russell Westbrook just kind of let him go, and they, the team went through <laughs> Paul George instead of Westbrook. Then Kawhi goes down. Paul George, number one option. They cruise through the Jazz, and they put up a fight against the Suns. That team is very interesting. I If they can get the seven seed and draw the Grizzlies... That's, they, a, that's, a, that's going to be a good series if that's what comes I would to be, fruition. I would be tempted to pick the Clippers... In seven over the Grizzlies. Yeah. Because the Grizzlies are, that's one of those teams they, they've gotten close, right? Um, but when you really throw them into a real playoff series against a, a team, maybe it ends up being underseeded based on health. Uh, that's that's one of those teams where you're like, ah, I don't really trust them. But we did say the same thing. Um, not quite the same situation, but we, the we, Suns last we did year. the same thing with the Suns last year, and we see how they said they haven't really been there. But here's the thing. The difference is the Suns did kind of have a guy that's been there yeah. in Chris Paul. Yeah. So that was the difference. The, it, Chris, the whole thing was, oh, Chris Paul can't win anything, and it's yeah. a young team. Yeah. So turns out, I don't know how much of the problem has been Chris Paul over his career. No, that's true. It hasn't really been. It's been the, those Hornets teams, those Clippers teams that were <laughs> coached by Doc Rivers. That uh, What a great coach, Doc yeah, Rivers. Exactly. So he's still around. So the, we got that. The Timberwolves are the seventh seed. Timberwolves are pretty good. Not not one that can put up much of a. They can put up a fight against the team like the one of those Grizzlies weird teams. Or Suns, you, you look at their names and you go, "How are they the seventh seed in the weaker conference?" Defense. Yeah, 
pretty much it. Soft defense, yeah. And then uh, the the six seed right now falling, kind of they've fallen back. They were like the three seed uh, recently was the Jazz, and they're still frauds because of the same team with uh, Gobert and Mitchell. Listen, yeah, when are they? When is Donovan Mitchell going to go to the Knicks? That's what I want to know. Maybe after this uh, first round loss. Maybe he's a Mets fan. He likes New York. Wow. Yeah, I did not know that. He probably wears. You heard it here first. He wears the orange and blue on a regular basis. Wow. I'm just saying he wants he he wants to be the guy. Listen, hey, Utah's not you the know, place. You know where you know where we went to college, Louisville, and where did Louisville play their conference tournament for a long time in the Big East? Ah, uh, the Garden. The Garden, baby. I'm just saying. I'm just just throwing it out there. You know, Julius Randle, probably maybe not the guy. But R.J. Barrett, that's the guy. Give him a little uh, little buddy there to play with and uh dynamic duo. It's a Suns box right now. The Knicks. The Knicks. They're back. So as it stands, Suns box? Yeah, pretty much. WSHC Shepherdstown, the voice of Shepherd University, highly disputed, Dylan Bishop, Ryan Stickle. You heard it here first. Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. <laughs> Confirmed.